Hello everyone, it's so good to see you this morning, really good to be here this morning together. And the last few weeks, we, Andy's um, got us to go through these words beginning with C, like chosen, called, uh, commissioned, Today I'm trying to remember them. Today we're looking at committed, and I've added committed to being fruitful, committed to being fruitful. I don't know about you, but so often in my life, I get frustrated with myself because I want to be more fruitful for Jesus. And I know, I'm sure that's in your heart as well. And that's why we're here. We want to be more fruitful for Jesus. And actually, although it can seem really complicated, in this passage, Jesus makes it really simple how we can become more fruitful. So we're going to look at this just for a few minutes this morning. I want to start off by showing you a little video. Now, before John starts the video, let me just explain it. This was an amazing um, piece of artwork in an Italian gallery um, created by two Chinese artists. And it's a machine. It's actually called, if you want to look it up, it's called Can't Help Myself. It's a machine that is created to dance. Has anyone heard of this machine? It was going on in a a, um, gallery for years, probably... A few years. And um, its role in life was to dance, to do this beautiful dance like this. But it has a problem in that it had a leak, and they actually designed it to have a leak so that its hydraulic fluid that makes it work is leaking out all the time. And so every now and then it has to scrape back its own hydraulic fluid. I mean, you, I just feel really sorry for this robot. It makes you feel really sad. You've got to remember, it's not alive, it's, so don't start crying or anything for the robot. It's just a robot. But it has to scrape back its own hydraulic fluid like this. And it was running for a few years, and it could dance fine, but over the years, it could dance less and less. So just want to play the video. Thanks, John. So it's doing here, it's doing, the, this is what it's created to do, it's called the dance of life. And people would come every day to watch, watch it dance. That's what it's made to do. But, there's a problem. It's hydraulic fluid is leaking out all the time. And over the years, the leak is getting worse. So it interrupts its dancing. It can't dance so much because it has to keep keeping itself alive. This was a bit later on, maybe a couple of years later. It's doing less dancing. And actually by the end of its life, it was looking really forlorn. It was looking really depressed, (laughs) frantically scraping. Every now and then it would attempt to do a pathetic little dance. Then it would have to get back to keeping itself alive. And in 2019, it died. (laughs) So it is really sad. Fran, you look really sad there. She's shaking her head. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) It's all all right. It's It's only a robot. But I think it's actually a brilliant picture In fact, these artists are very clever of, maybe it's talking about communist China, I don't know. Um, 
But I think it's an amazing picture of our lives, of mankind, of humans, of how we are constantly, we leak. There's something broken in us from the moment we're born. We, we leak. We have this hole in us that only God can fill. And we are constantly trying to fill it with more money, more success, more um, things to satisfy us. And it never works. It just doesn't. Until we meet Jesus Christ. Until we meet Jesus. And we know as Christians, we have to believe this and know this, that our leak, this leak has been fixed. That is the, the fact about you as a believer. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, that leak has been fixed. Hallelujah. Jesus is living in you and his spirit will never leave you. Even when we mess up. And we, it's great to say sorry and repent all the time. But actually he never leaves us. He's always within us. But we've been, each one of us has been called to dance. Like that machine. We've been called to bear fruit for Jesus. To enjoy Jesus. To grow in Jesus. To help others know about Jesus. But the fact is... The world and the devil is desperate to get us doing this again. It is desperate to distract us, to start scraping more in. Come on, let's do this. Let's try and find other things to make us happy and satisfy us. So even though we don't have this leak anymore, there's a fight. There's a battle for my attention in my life. I know that. I have to fight hard. For everyone in here, there's a fight for our attention, for our focus. A fight to focus on the spiritual realm instead of just the physical realm. It is a bitter fight. And we need to fight it well. Like Paul said, when he gets to the end of his life, he, he says, yeah, I've, I've fought the good fight. I've ran the race. I've pressed on towards the goal. And for us, we need to forget what's behind us. We need to strain to what is ahead of us and fight this fight. Focusing on the spiritual realm, on God. God is spirit. We can't see him with our eyes, but we need to invest ourselves in the kingdom of heaven. So, let's look at the parable of the sower. Now, I chose this parable this morning just because I think it's really helpful to to learn about how to be fruitful. And how to not live like this, distracted. The first thing we see in this amazing parable that God is a farmer. In fact, he's the farmer. Now, when I was younger, I always wanted to be a farmer. Did anyone else want to be a farmer? Probably no one else. No one. (laughs) But I didn't come from a city, so I, I grew up in a very rural place. And both my grandparents were farmers. My uncle, who lived next door to us down the road, he had a farm. He was a farmer. And I just loved it. And I had this, for me, it was a totally kind of romantic view about farming. You know, the sort of view that on harvest when we watch the, we think about crops and it's a kind of romantic view of farming. And I just loved it. I would go on the farm all the time. I would drive the tractors as soon as I was old enough. I would chase the cows, milk the cows. But it was only for fun. It was purely just because I loved it. I loved being with the animals, with my grandpa, with my uncle. It was amazing. We used to, I used to, when I was little, used to bring lambs, you know, the orphan lambs. used to bring them in the house. And um, I was allowed as long as I'd put nappies on them. <laughs> so we used to make out of s- s- 
Safeway bags or something. These carrier bags used to put nappies on these lambs and bring them in my grandma's house up in um, Piddington in Oxfordshire. It was just amazing. Whole sheds, as far as you can see, of newborn chicks, day-old chicks, like a sea. And you could just go in there and pick them up. It was just heaven for me. Until one day when I got a job on a farm. (laughs) A commercial farm on Guernsey. This was the biggest um, dairy farm and potato farm. And, oh my word, it was not so fun. I suddenly realised it was all about being productive. (laughs) It wasn't just about practising driving the tractor up and down or playing with the chicks and the lambs. It was about actually fruitfulness and actually multiplication and getting things done on time. Come on, have you finished that yet? Come on. And I I know this is really bad. I don't think anyone working on the farm actually liked animals in any way. I know that's not good. But they weren't interested. Like a cow. I I love cows. They're my favourite animal, apart from dolphins. They're amazing as well. But nobody on this farm enjoyed cows, appreciated cows in any way. They were purely a unit to extract milk every day, to get milk, to get milk, to get milk. They were just seen as robots or machines in a way. And I no longer wanted to be a farmer. I thought, this is just really hard work. <laughs> really hard work. And although that's not a very positive view of farming, I'm sure it's not all like that, I think as Christians, actually, we can easily have the wrong view of being a Christian, that we can just think... It's this nice thing that we know we're saved when we get to heaven. We can come to church on Sundays. But actually, this is shocking for me when I was looking at it this week. God is a serious farmer. Yes, he does dote on us. He adores us. He loves us. But he is a God who is looking for fruit and multiplication. And he's very, very motivated by fruit and mul- fruitfulness and multiplication. And I found this shocking when I was looking at this, and I was repenting and saying, Lord, I really, I'm sorry, I want to be more fruitful for you. God is all about planting seed, investing it, and waiting for the growth and the multiplication. So Jesus, when he was on earth, he, he valued fruitfulness so much that when he found a fig tree that wasn't bearing figs, even though it was the wrong season, what did he do? He killed it. (laughs) He cursed it and this tree instantly died. And it was like a parable of the nation of Israel that wasn't being fruitful for God. Um, He also told another parable about a fig tree where an owner had a fig tree, a landowner, and it wasn't bearing figs, so the owner was going to cut it down. And in the end, they decided to give it more time to become fruitful, to fertilise it. Jesus told about the vine and the branches, how if we are good vines, we will cling to Jesus. To he's, the, he's, like the, he's the vine, we're the branches. If we cling to him, we will become fruitful if we abide in him. And it says scary things like if, if we're not bearing fruit, he will cut it off and chuck it in the fire. What does that mean? It's confusing because we know we are safe eternally. We know we belong to God. We're his children. I think what he's just saying is God is really serious about fruitfulness. He really is. And we can't get away from that. 
Yes, he's a God of grace. There's no condemnation. And please don't hear that this morning. But I think God does want to challenge us this morning. That he will, you know, God would say to each one of us, well done for being fruitful. And I really felt that this week. Every person in this room has been fruitful throughout their lives. You've been so fruitful. But the Lord is saying to us graciously, I've got more for you. And the biggest privilege of your life, the biggest privilege of my life is to become more fruitful for my Jesus, for my King. He's the vine. I'm a branch. I want to cling to him more. I want to be less distracted. I want to bear more grapes and more fruit. It's the greatest privilege of our life is to worship him and bear fruit for him. So he says, well done, but there is so much more. So that's the first thing. God is the farmer. The second thing we see is that the seed is the word of God and that we are the soil. So you are and I am, we're all a patch of soil. If as soil, if we had no seed, then there could be no growth. But as a Christian, you and I have the most incredible, powerful seed invested in us. We have Jesus himself. He is the word. We have the word living in us. This seed is not weak. This seed can only grow. This seed will grow. Every day it will be growing. The question is, are you going to allow it to bear fruit and mature? Okay, so the seed will always be growing. Jesus is living in you if you're a Christian. If you're not a Christian, then ask him to live in you, and he will instantly. This seed is powerful, and it wants to be fruitful within you. Isn't it wonderful that you and I have the seed of, we have Jesus himself, who's, who's living within us, taking up residence within us. He has invested his life in us. In fact, he died for us so that the seed of God could be living within us. And the third thing we see, there is a massive danger. Beware of the thorns. In verse 14, um, oh, have I got this on? Sorry, I forgot to put it on. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear that as they go on their way, they are choked. They're choked by life's worries, by riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. And this is Jesus saying to Christians, whoa, hang on a minute. Hang on. Yes, you've become a Christian. You're well done. You're part of a church. (laughs) But if there are worries and riches and pleasures, we need to be really careful. And we know we live in the, probably one of the wealthiest places in the world. We are all massively rich, so that's all of us. We all have access to many. That pleasure is a good thing as well. If we're not careful, these things are going to choke fruitfulness. And I think in my life this is happening all the time. It's stopping, it's killing fruitfulness. So we'll just quickly look at these. Number one, worries. This is the most simple one because we know that if ever we worry about anything, it is always sin. 
And I worry all the time, I've got to confess that, and it is sin. Why? How do we know that? Well, because Jesus said, do not worry. So every time we worry about anything, we are disobeying Jesus. And I've been saying this week, Lord, I am sorry for worrying. Worrying doesn't add one hair to my head or one day to my life. It chokes fruitfulness for Jesus. How many of us in here worry? Oh my goodness. It is hot. This is a battle. And we really, I just felt God saying this week, Christchurch, I want you to get rid of worry in your lives. It, does, it's not logic, it doesn't feel logical because worrying seems, it seems the right thing to do, the responsible thing to do sometimes. But every time we worry about something, it is choking our spiritual fruitfulness. Now, riches and pleasure are both really good, positive things. And there's nothing wrong with having either of them. In fact, we need both of these because they're healthy. We need money. We need, like, God has created pleasures for us. So why does Jesus say that they are going to choke us? And why did Jesus say, unless you hate your life, you're not worthy of following me? And why did Jesus say, unless you take up your cross, Imagine how painful a cross is. Unless you take up your cross, you're not worthy of following me. Well, what I think he's actually saying is, yeah, of course, enjoy riches and enjoy pleasures. But you must, we must love God and Jesus and this, be invested in the spiritual realm so, so, so much more than these things, than the riches and pleasures, that it appears like we hate them. Not that we don't have them, not that we don't like them and enjoy them, of course. Jesus enjoyed food and wine and great things. But compared to his love for his father, it seemed like hate. It, comparatively, relatively, our love for God needs to be so much more. We need to be so much more invested in the spiritual realm, in Jesus, in God, than in these earthly good things. So I don't know if that makes any sense, but... Jesus is saying, guys, please be careful. Warning, warning, warning. I want you to be fruitful. Please be careful because these riches, worry, pleasures are choking you. So are you being choked by any of these? I know I am. I have been. And it's quite a sober, sober thought to think I'm being choked. I'll just maybe just for a moment, we could just have a moment of quiet. Say, Jesus, am I being choked? If you want, you can close your eyes just for a moment. So, Jesus, am I being choked by worry? Am I being choked by riches? Or by pleasures? Chris Townsend came in this morning and and said hello to me. And he didn't know what I was talking about. Straight away, he started venting about so many people he knows, not part of this church at all, but other people who are consumed worrying about money that it's the main thing in their life and he was just saying how he so appreciates it when he meets someone who's not motivated by money Um, and he was saying to me he's never in his life worked for money which is quite amazing Chris wherever you are he's always worked because he feels called to it because he enjoys it and yes we need money but let's not let it choke us (coughs) 
the fourth, the fourth thing that we see, and this is the last thing before I finish, is that all of us can be beautiful, fertile, good soil. And this is what Jesus wants. But if the seed on Oh, sorry, the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart. Basically, that just means hearts that are focused on God, who hear the word, who retain the word, and by persevering, produce a crop. So Jesus is giving a really simple thing here, antidote for fruitlessness. If we do these things, this is a guarantee we will become fruitful for God. This is why we read the Bible. It says, hear the word and retain the word. Every time we read the Bible, every time we read the Bible, it is changing, it's cleansing, it's cleansing, it's cleansing us. We can never read this book enough. Get it into us. Meditate on God's word day and night. It cleanses us. Tear up the thorns. Jesus is saying, tear up the thorns. Read the word, retain it, and persevere. And I think many of us in our lives, we've been really fruitful for God in the past up to this day. And now Jesus is saying, okay, well done for the past, but what about the future? You have got a bright future, every one of you, every one of us. You've got an amazing future of fruitfulness. Let's go again. Let's repent again. Let's say, Jesus, I'm sorry again. Let's tear up the weeds again. And let's persevere. I had um, one thing in my life that has challenged me over the last few years that I've really battled with is that I, um, I made an investment a few years ago. And it's the sort of investment that could go massively up or down. And I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that, if it's a wise investment. But the problem is, it became a weed that choked me. And so I have an accountability partner in this church, um, Josh, I meet with it regularly. And he said to me, James, I'm going to ask you, if you've been thinking about that. And so I've said to him, yeah, and I've said to God, I'm not going to check it, I'm not going to look at it. For, for months and months and months and months, I don't check, I don't look, until I need to one day. Things like that, they're innocent things. They can even be wise things to invest. I mean, God invested. But these things can absolutely choke us without us knowing. They are nasty things. We need to be really careful. Philippians 2 says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So I'd love to pray for us now, but I just want to remind us of the good news for when we fail, because I need to hear that. There was once a man who grew up perfectly, the perfect plant, the perfect fruitful plant, but thorns engulfed his head. He was genuinely choked by thorns. As, he, as Jesus hung on the cross, there were thorns around his head making blood come out. 
He was choked by thorns for us. And he lived the perfect life. And I just want to remind us that we, because he was choked by thorns on the cross, we are completely let off the hook. We are completely forgiven. There's not an ounce of condemnation because we fail every day. We, we forget to focus on the spiritual realm every day. We forget to enjoy God. Well, I know I do. And Jesus has taken that punishment. We're forgiven. We are free. We are under the grace of God. And he, because of that, he has put his seed in us to bear fruit. So let's pray together. We really do thank you, Jesus, for the amazing grace that we are under, the covenant of grace. And Lord, we just say we're so sorry for where we lose our focus. That when we become Christians, Jesus is meant to be the dominating, the one all-consuming thing in our lives, following you, Jesus, enjoying you. And we're so sorry for when we get distracted. But Lord, I pray for help this week. I pray for help for the rest of our lives. We cry out for help. Holy Spirit, thank you that you live within us. Come and help us. Come and open the eyes of our hearts to let us see the reality of danger and of God. To turn away from the world and to turn to you, God. We ask for help. And maybe if you just want to ask Jesus for help, just say, Jesus, would you help me? Would you help me to enjoy you and focus on you? Um, I totally forgot to say one last thing. Sorry, and then I promise I will finish. What am I talking about, about fruitfulness? I'm talking about the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, that every month we should be becoming more loving, more joyful, more peaceful. Sorry. Can you just put the fruit of the Spirit one up? Um, I don't know where it is there. We need to be, these are beautiful fruits. Also, the Bible talks about the fruits of our mouth. Are our words becoming more loving, more gracious, more self-controlled in what we say? The Bible talks about the fruits of holiness and righteousness. Are we becoming more holy, more righteous? And it talks about the fruits of sharing our faith. And I think for, for this church, this is our biggest challenge. It really is. So far, we are, we are not an, an evangelistic church. We're a very um, pastoral, loving church in the past, but we need to move into becoming more and more evangelistic. And this is a fruit that I want in my life, is sharing my faith. Of seeing people come to faith. Seeing people come to Jesus. Amen? Amen. See, no one sounds excited about that. And that's part of the problem. <laughs> it is a scary one. It's not attractive to many of us. I know it's not. Um, I think we've lost the gift of evangelists in many ways in this nation. And I think God wants to help us to bear fruit of seeing people saved. So if you would like to see your friends and family and neighbours saved, let's just cry out to God because we can't do it. It's impossible. It's impossible on our own. But God, would you come help us bear fruit, spiritual fruit. You promised Jesus that we would be fruitful if we focus on you. 
So I release the fruit of evangelism on every person in this church. Thank you, we've got amazing evangelists in this room already. Think of Jean and many others who share their faith faithfully, but we release it on each one of us, every one of us, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. It's quite a challenging word, but keep crying out to God.